Hello everybody, SF Live episode 129. In a few short seconds, I'll be joined by Shagan Lawson. He's the CEO and president of Thor Exploration. And we're going to talk about their project in Nigeria. Obviously, they're close to gold production there, but also about their drill results that they just released this morning. They're fresh off the press. So Shagan is going to give us a good overview of what they mean to the company. But before we switch over to Shagan, please be reminded to follow us on YouTube, follow us on Twitter, hit the like and subscribe button. That way we you get notified when we go live with another update. We do all our interviews live so that way you have an edge on your co-investors in in the market because you you hear it fresh and straight from the ceo you can pretty much look him in the eye without actually being in the same room which makes a big difference to me personally also this is an interactive format make sure you use the youtube chat function and also the the twitter function with a hashtag reassigned uh, uh, hashtag ask thx for the company and uh, we'll be checking that frequently throughout the conversation here with shagan and uh, we'll be looking looking to ask those questions if you have any and of course, that's it from my end. Let me switch over to Mr. Shagan Lawson. Shagan, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Hi, Kai. I'm very well, thanks. Good to be here. Yeah, it's great to Looking have you on. To it. It's great to have you on. It's it's really interesting doing our due diligence. You're the first company that has actually a project in Nigeria that we have on. And I can't wait to dive a little deeper into your projects. But uh, before we dive into the details, can you give us a quick 30, 60 second like, rundown of the company so we're all somewhat on the same level? Sure. Uh, Thor Explorations, we're West Africa focused, early stage uh, gold explorer, should I say. Uh, we have projects in three countries, Nigeria, Senegal, Burkina Faso. Our flagship project and most advanced project is a Segalola gold project in Nigeria, a project we've had since August 2016 and we've been developing since. And this is actually a transitional year for us. We're moving from the stage uh, from, obviously, we took it through feasibility uh, 18 months ago. Um, now we're in construction and we're looking to become a gold producer this year. Um, and we have um, another great project in Senegal, which is in obviously a much more known gold jurisdiction where we have a couple of discoveries and we're looking to get that into a maiden resource. And lastly, we have a joint venture in Burkina Faso. So yeah, we're in a very transitional period and we've got projects which we think are very exciting. And um, yeah, we think we're in a very interesting space at the moment in gold. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you're quite... Uh... Koi, actually, because your joint venture is with Barrick, right? So I think, which is quite uh, remarkable as well. We should talk about that in a second, too. But uh, before we dive into the project and the dural results, uh, I just quickly want to touch on the capital structure. And uh, if you want to run us through that real quick, and I've got some follow-up questions for that as well. Sure. We have um, 621 million shares, at, ordinary shares outstanding, um, uh, fully diluted, around about 650 uh, million shares. Well, our share price is around about 20 cents, so we have a market cap of 130 million Canadian. Um, the bulk of our shareholding is, you know, we we were uh, for a long period of time uh, really under the radar. We did a lot of fundraising with friends and family, so a lot of our shareholding is Nigeria-based. We had a couple of Nigerian institutions come on. In fact, our largest shareholder is Africa Finance Corporation, uh, which is a, a, a government parastatal, almost quasi-government parastatal in Nigeria. And then where we've got, you know, board and management, myself, uh, with significant skin in the game, and we're distributed geographically um, in the UK and Europe, around about 21%, Asia, just over 10%, and in North America, around about 9%. So it's, a, it's an interesting mix. Uh, we have a strong institutional um, shareholding, which really came about in summer last year, when we did a private placement. 
and we have a retail element and a number of family offices on our share register as well. Yeah, you mentioned the shareholder distribution. I think that's quite remarkable and something I highlighted here on my my cheat sheet as well. North America only nine percent, Nigeria fifty nine percent. Of course, that comes to the AFC financing that you, that you mentioned and participation there locally. But um, North America only nine percent. And um, maybe as a, as a question there as well, you are London based. Your projects are in Africa. Why are you listed on the TSX and not say the AIM market, for example? Yeah, um, it's a very simple story. Um, we I'm listed in Toronto almost by accident. I started this company about just over 10 years ago as a private company for a while. When I was raising money, um, I got the opportunity to do a reverse takeover of a cash shell, which happened to be called Thor. I like the name and I, I kept it. And yeah, we did a reverse listing into Thor. So we inherited the company, we took over the company and we put our assets into it and we've managed and existed as Thor since. Uh, so really we've been based on this side of the Atlantic, our projects in West Africa. We've had the listing in North America. However, um, over the last couple of years when we've actually been taking Sagulola from an exploration project through to a development project, you know, we have started popping up on people's radars, and that's really when the institutional money started coming in, and the money from North America started coming in. Okay, and and nine percent, of course, is not a huge shareholdership or or base in North America. Are you planning on growing that in the future? Like, what's the plan of increasing that? Uh, certainly, and you know, we're increasing our exposure in North America for sure. Um, we did a private placement in July last year. We raised fourteen and a half million dollars um, US. Uh, a significant portion of that came from North America as well. Um, so, you know, we're and, and also in terms of um, uh, research coverage, we're beginning to pop up on some of the houses in North America as well, uh, looking to initiate coverage over the next few uh, weeks and months. So it's something we're definitely looking to do as well. But you mentioned the A market. Um, we keep all our options open. Uh, obviously, we're on the side of the Atlantic. We have... Um, our projects in this time zone so we keep our options open with with, with that yeah as well. i've seen a couple of companies dual list and there was a bigger company i forgot the name actually it, it escapes my mind but uh, they just dual listed recently on the i think it was on the lsc it was a north american listed company that moved over and uh dual listed so that's obviously an option um one other thing that jumps out fully diluted 659 million shares outstanding and of course canada is a bit different than australia as well so we always want to see a tighter share count any any thoughts on uh, maybe tightening that share structure a bit yeah, we keep, like I say, um, it's we keep all our options open and we've discussed it internally as well. But um, to be honest, building a mine has just been our focus over the last you know, 12 months and getting it financed. And we just haven't had the opportunity to be distracted by that yet. So it's something we, we all, all visit. Right, final question on the capital structure. What's your cash position working capital? What do you have? Sure. We, so we... Um, we had the project fully funded in the second quarter last year. So we've ring fenced $104.5 million for the project itself. That was broken down into equity, a $21 million stream, which we spent on the project and a $54 million senior debt. We drew down the first tranche of the senior debt in December. That was $21.5 million. And we will probably do the next drawdown next month. Um, of the $14.5 million in equity, which we kept at corporate level, uh, we raised in um, July last year. Um, we used $4.5 million of that as a secondary placing. So that was to buy out uh, historic shareholders. And we retained $10 million of that. That $10 million has really gone into our exploration programs. We have about uh, $6.5 million of that um, left. 
So we're in a very strong cash position with the project fully funded. The project funding also contains a cost overrun facility of three and a half million dollars. And, you know, we have a strong balance sheet for exploration and any hiccups. Fantastic. And the three and a half or six, six and a half million dollars is sort of what I was getting at, because we're going to talk about exploration budgets later on. So that's why I wanted to sort of highlight that number as well. But uh, let's talk about exploration results. You know, you spent three and a half million dollars on exploration. You drilled over 10,000 meters in, in Senegal. And uh, that was the press release this morning. People have been anxiously waiting for the results. Um, run us with the highlights that you put out this morning. What do they mean to you? Okay, so um, the highlights, look, we're, we're, we're very happy with them. We, we have a discovery in Senegal called the Makosa Prospect. It had a 2.7 kilometer strike length. Um, in particular, we, we were targeting a sh shallow intersections to see if this mineralization continued, if we had closed it out. Um, I, I think out of the, 50 the 46 holes we have back out of the 50 holes in the Makosa North section, only two of them came back without any gold. Uh, the best intersections were around about five five meters wide at 3.4 grams per ton. A number of intersections between eight and 12 meters uh, wide, grading around about that one gram and between one and one and a half grams, and a few intersections at two. But what it did show was that the mineralization consistently continued uh, from Makosa. So we're and it hasn't closed. Our best hole, in fact, is the northernmost hole. And you know we had the option to extend the drilling program by another 10,000 meters. We're definitely going to be doing that and you know starting some infill in the high grade areas and also seeing how much further to the north it extends so we think this is um not just a prospect this is, has been a discovery for a while uh once we finish the next ten thousand meters we'll be looking to get that into a, a maiden resource statement because we haven't haven't done that in senegal before um for us you know it's 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 interesting we have uh, in nigeria a project that's probably the highest grade open pit project at the moment in West Africa. So to come back with a um, a second project, which is a obviously a, a low grade project in nature, is looking more like this is going to be a bulk tonnage um, low grade deposit. We expect this to be we expect it to be bigger than what we have in Nigeria in terms of ounces, but a lower grade. Interesting. Okay, fantastic. And and uh, you ended the drill program in October last year. Is that correct? I just want to make sure I get the timelines right. No, no, we ended the drill program in mid-December. We started it That's in late it October okay, perfect. last year. And uh, because it's now yeah. early February, so you had to wait six weeks, eight weeks for assay results. What, what's the lap turnaround time? Can you give us a bit of a, a sense for that? When can we expect next results? Yeah, so that has easily been probably one of the most uh, frustrating parts of our operation, um, lab turnaround times, uh, coincidentally, Nigeria and Senegal. Um, we finished our drill program just before Christmas. Um, we were hoping to get the early uh, uh, drill samples out in November. Um, obviously, there was a shutdown over Christmas, a couple of weeks. But, you know, we're, we're on the Senegal side of the border. And the lab we use is on the Mali side. You know, there's, you need permits to get from Mali into Senegal. You need permits to ship samples out of Senegal into Mali. Each of those have come with delays. And then not only that, they're just processed into pulps in Mali and then driven to Ouagadougou for fire assays. So it's a, it's been a long process. It's been a long turnaround process. Uh, the positive we can take out of it is that we do have a backlog of um, drill samples. And just even as recently as this afternoon, I know the majority of them are already in, in Ouagadougou. So we'll definitely be getting results out over the next few weeks and hopefully all the results out in the month. Yeah, you, you, you still have 7,000 meters outstanding, right? So how many holes does that translate into? 
Ooh, um, it's it's uh, putting you on the spot there, yeah. And now, it's yeah. like, can you tell us about the distribution of the holes? Like, where can we expect more from? So, you said uh, Macola North, Macosa North, sorry, uh, you got four more pending, Macosa and uh, where are the others from? Yeah, so we drilled 50 holes in Macosa North, we got 46 back, uh, in Macosa South, we've done about 2,800 meters. And then we've done a scout program up in Macca where we had a discovery hole. Uh, but the real focus is really getting this maiden resource. We think where it ties together the best is it in and around Makosa. So Makosa Tail and Makosa North. We ticked off Makosa North. Tail should be next and then Macca. Yeah. And uh, you, you mentioned you had the option of extending the trail program by 10,000 meters. Uh, have, have you started drilling yeah. yet? And where, where are you in the program right now? No, no, we'll start drilling uh, around about the 12th of February, so in about 10 days' time. Uh, we were we were key for us was seeing what these was the first set of results looked like in Makosa, if it was worth uh, following up or if it was just worth trying to put a resource around what we already had. Yeah, let's put a pin into this. And last question on that is, uh, what's your drill cost down in uh, Seliga? How much are you paying? Uh, we're paying uh, for RC drilling. We're doing it about... Um, Depending on the depth, between forty and sixty dollars. Oh, that's per fantastic! Meter. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Great. Did we forget to mention anything about Senegal, Makosa? Um, I guess you know. Look, uh, we've we've been doing stop-start exploration over the last couple of years on on Senegal. Now we've got a lot of momentum behind this, and we're we're pretty excited about getting this into a resource statement because we think you know. It is it is significant at the moment. It's four kilometers long um, and growing, and we're excited about the remaining yeah, results. And, uh, just to, I know it's a theoretical theoretical exercise. What's the time frame for the uh, for the drill program, and then to the mineral resource estimate? Um, so the ten thousand meters we drilled last time took about five and a half weeks. Uh, so we're hoping we can do around about the same time. So that takes us to to um, you know, towards the end of March, and then um, we, that, that's uh, where that's why I said theoretical, the right? Like, there's always it's always nice to have a plan, but then the labs come in, and yeah, yeah. we're at the mercy of the labs on the turnaround time for that. But as soon as we get those back, we'll be that's the the work stream here is getting that maiden result. So it should be around I don't know June July, roughly. We, we... I, I I think before that, I'm hoping. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping. Oh, okay, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. That's exactly what I want to hear from you. That's why I keep poking, right? So, great. <laughs> um, let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about your soon-to-be gold produce production project down in Nicaragua. Uh, in Nicaragua, I was going to say Nigeria. Um, run us through where you guys are at and give us some project highlights as well. Sure. Um, we broke ground in February last year, um, and you know this project is fully funded. We are now in we've, we've been building over the last you know um it's coming up to 12 months now and the the key items were obviously getting the ancillary buildings in place construction camp technical buildings accommodation but also the infrastructure we built the water dam before the rainy season so we have a water storage facility we've now done the tailings management facility and obviously the processing plant now the process plant um all the civil works pretty much finished now or the for the sag mill bore mill the conveyor belt uh, uh, infrastructures there um and procurement uh, so all the long lead items uh, all either in nigeria or on the water 
on the way to Nigeria. Um, the biggest critical path item was getting the mills in, on site before mid-February. The mills are now at the port in Nigeria. Uh, we expect them in site uh, in the next 10 days. Uh, if, and we, if we do that, we're extremely confident, over 90% confident of pouring first gold in the second quarter next year. So it's, sorry, second quarter this year. So it's um, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's all a blur. So, it's yeah. all a blur nowadays anyway. So. So it's it's not it's not far away. It's something we're very excited about as, as well. Yeah. No. Run us through some of the, the the KPIs, like some of the project highlights as well. And like, are they still realistic at this level? And like, I've got some questions for you, DFS, and some follow up questions there. What what has changed since then, right? Yeah. So in fact, those two questions can can merge into one because we did a DFS based on you know a reserve at the time of four hundred five thousand ounces, grading at four point two grams per ton. At the time, there was a lot of inferred material within the pit, uh, which was pretty much counted as waste. Um, also, when we designed the plant, we designed it with a processing throughput capacity of 650,000 tons per annum. So there was headroom to increase. Uh, uh, back end of last year, we did uh, a drill program, in-pit drill program, which was very successful, uh, converting the inferred material into reserves. Um, and also, needless to say, the gold price has changed dramatically. The, the, the DFS was done at a $1,300 gold price. So we're still being conservative. We're going to use a $1,600 gold price to re-optimize the pit. Um, we have found more ounces. We have an updated reserve statement, which will be out this month as well. There's lots of news this month. Um, and, you know, the, the drilling suggests the reserve will be materially increased from the 405,000 ounces than we had in the DFS. So we think, as a whole, the project is more valuable. The NPV is more valuable. We've de-risked it significantly, and we're around the corner from cash flow. Um, the the cash flow of the DFS averaged that of, at um, well, the production averaged at about eighty thousand ounces per year. However, the head grade in the first eighteen months was five point three grams per ton. So on an annualized basis, we're looking at breaking a hundred thousand ounces in the first year. We're still on track to do that. Um, one of the things we're doing in the reserve statement is. Um, is change the throughput, increase the throughput from 625,000 ounces, uh, probably uh, just over 650,000 tons uh, per annum. So we're looking, we're, we're looking to break 100,000 ounces in the first year of production. Uh, and we're also looking to increase the mine life um, through the drilling we've already done. And it's also worth mentioning as well that um, drilling is ongoing. You know, we had a mine life of five years of the DFS. We were always confident of increasing that. Um, we haven't uh, press released any RC drill results yet. Uh, we drilled around um, some anomalies. We haven't had any earth moving discoveries yet, but we're still very encouraged by what we see and that drilling's ongoing. So look out for drilling news uh, from Nigeria as well in the next couple of, in the next six weeks, four to six weeks. That sounds super exciting, especially the gold price increase that you're going to use in, in, in the recalculation of the resource. like. How how much of that do you of the resource do you think was maybe in waste or so that you can convert now at a higher price? Like, how much do you think that's going to move and add to it? Um, so we had seventy three thousand ounces inferred material in the pit, which was obviously classified as waste inferred. Uh, we're confident we've converted all of that. Um, we also had an underground component which had indicated material, but at a thirteen hundred dollar pit. There was a larger component in the underground and some in the open pit. Obviously, a 1600 with a re-optimized pit, we in eat into some of that underground as well. So, I mean, I'm confidently saying that we will 
we'll increase the reserves from 400 or 5,000 ounces. I'll, I'll use the word materially. I won't give a number, but uh, you know, I, I say we'll. I, I was just looking through my notes to see the pit shell and see the coloration around it, right? To see what, what can be moved and what can be moved in and where the angles might be able to be steepened or something as well and to include more resources. Fantastic. Um, like Going through your DFS, of course, one, one thing I noticed, the pre-tax NPV and post-tax NPV, and you're going to talk about the tax situation in Nigeria in a second, but one thing that I noticed is the 5% discount you only applied. Right. Being in Nigeria, I'm just curious, like, what was the reason for only applying 5% because you are borrowing money at LIBOR plus nine, for example. So just just curious. So obviously that that senior credit facility has a bit of a, a risk factor priced in. Why not the NPV? OK, so we did uh, obviously the DFS preceded the funding. So we, we used a NPV discount rate before we got the LIBOR plus nine. But also when we did the DFS, we did pulled up a lot of comparable companies um, that were building projects in Mali, in Burkina, in Ivory Coast. And we looked at the risk profile in those countries and put them side by side by Nigeria. And from a foreign investment point of view, I thought we, I personally thought, and uh, we generally agreed that Nigeria was no bigger risk than these other countries. Uh, from a geopolitical point of view, from an economic point of view, from a foreign direct investment point of view, so if those guys uh, were using a 5% discount rate for the DFS, you know, perfectly entitled to, yeah. Yeah, okay, no, no, okay, great. Because for, 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 for me personally as well, like Nigeria is a bit of a an unknown, right? Because it's, as, as you said in your presentation as well, like you're one of the first ones, first movers in the country. And in, in, in the gold space, right? Like, of course, there's oil, in, the oil industry is huge in Nigeria, but... There are not too many gold mines that I know of uh, in Nigeria, right? So that's no, no, you're, you're exactly right. This is the first one, so it's it's completely unknown. But you take the word gold out of it, or you take the word mining out of it, it's a huge destination for foreign investment. Even recently on the tech side, you know, you have Silicon Valley pouring a couple of hundred million dollars into a startup called Paystack um, a few months ago. You have the the biggest capex project in all of Africa, twelve billion dollar refinery being built. You have power plants of 400 to 600 million dollars. Uh, you have a, a, a stock exchange that's and an economy that's larger than South Africa. So it's not known to the mining universe, but from an investment point of view, it's it's right up there. The banking sector, telecoms, it's it's right up there. Okay, great. And since it's omnipresent still as well, I have to ask you about the COVID situation. What is it like? You you mentioned earlier that uh, you're trying to get analyst coverage. Of course, they probably want to see the mine once in operation as well. What what do you think is going to happen? Can they actually visit? And what's the COVID situation in country right now? Yeah, so um, the COVID situation, like a, a lot of places, it's it's picking up. It hasn't been it hasn't been devastating. Uh, when it started in March, there were there was interstate uh, restrictions on travel. Um, fortunately, those have been lifted. There's still a lot of work from home activity going on. Um, however, you know the, the rates have picked up. The death rate hasn't spiraled out of control, and people are maintaining the same practices. It's something we've taken very seriously in terms of on-site uh, practicing of um, safety procedures, um, maintaining social distancing, wearing PPE and masks. We haven't had one case on site yet. And hopefully that that'll continue for a yeah. while. Great, and uh, sort of we're hitting our time limit here as well. And to, to sort of wrap it up, let's run us through the the budgets for this year, and let's exclude the mine build, of course. That's uh, that's an extra item, right? But what are the budgets for this year? GNA and expiration, of course. Okay, so uh, the 
I, the, the key item for us is the exploration. Um, we have um, a 10,000 meter drilling program going on in Senegal. Um, and that's, we expect that to cost, you know, run with, with all the sampling and everything all in, we expect that to cost uh, just under $2 million. We have a program in, in Nigeria as well, which is ongoing, an RC program. Um, in Nigeria, we, we can piggyback on a, a lot of costs. We have a lot of rigs on site for the grade control and all that. So we do get a discount to, on, on our drilling rates um, it, there. Um, the number of meters in Nigeria is unknown until we get to the next milestone, which is, which is um, about four, we have another four and a half thousand meters to go. Um, so it, we, we can't really give a full budget on Nigeria because obviously the, the, the key change for us is coming into cash flow where we expect things might change uh, significantly. Fantastic. And Shagan, I really appreciate the update. I learned a lot, actually. I have to admit that for me, this was an under the radar gold, soon to be gold producer as well. Uh, I didn't know too much about it, but uh, thanks for, for thanks for coming on the show. It's actually super informational, educational as well. So I really appreciate that. And I'm a bit disappointed that the mining book guy didn't send in any questions for, for you. It's like I've been checking, I've been checking left and right. So thank um, you. Yeah. Probably what's happening. Uh, yeah, probably, I right? <laughs> so um, pre appreciate you coming on. Everybody else, really appreciate you guys watching. Thanks for tuning in. This was a SF Live episode 129 with Shagan Lawson from Thor Exploration. We hope you learned something. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit the like and subscribe button. Leave a comment. What do you think of Thor Exploration? And uh, we'll be back soon with the other updates. Shagan, good talking to you. Take care. Great. Thank you very much.